We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. And so we are looking at the commentaries of the surahs at the end through Ma'arif al-Qur'an. Okay, far away. So the surah we're going over today is Surah Al-Falaq, which uh, means the break of dawn. And um, it's a Madani surah, uh, five verses. I'll just recite it really quick. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Qul a'udhu bi rabbi al-falaq min sharri ma khalaq wa min sharri ghasiqin idha waqab wa min sharri naffathati fil uqad wa min sharri hasidin idha hasad. The translation is, I seek refuge with the Lord of the daybreak from the evil of everything he has created and from the evil of the dark night when it penetrates. And from the evil of the women who blow on the knots, and from the evil of an envier who envies. Um, so, the, a little backstory on this surah that I learned from this commentary was that the Prophet ﷺ was affected by black magic. And how he came to be affected was that there was a Jewish munafiq, a Jewish hypocrite who was amongst the companions, and uh, he would attend all the sermons and uh, he would be in the Prophet's company. Um, no one knew he was a munafiq, I believe, aside from a few people in the Prophet Wasallam. And um, the Prophet Wasallam one day got a dream where two people were sitting alongside him. And Sayyidina Aisha is narrating this. And she says that uh, two people come next to him and uh, one questions, what is wrong with this man? And the other says he is bewitched. Um, to which the man asks, who bewitched him? And the prophet, uh, I mean, the man says, he says the name of the Jewish man who bewitched him. And then he also gave more information regarding which tribe he's from. And also goes on to say he's an ally of the Jews and that he's a hypocrite. Um, and then I thought it was really interesting how he asks, with what did he bewitch him? And he says, with a comb and hair from the comb. And then the man goes on to say where the comb is located. And then... Um, Sayyidina Aisha goes on to narrate that the Prophet went to the well and he removes the comb with the hair. And um, he tells Aisha that he knew about this through his dream. And then I believe he goes on to also untie the knots that were done in the hair. Um, and he recites the surah, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. um, so how the man came to get a hold of his hair was also something I was actually like really wondering like how does someone who how does someone get something so close and personal of the Prophet ﷺ, like his hair and then the commentary goes on to explain that uh, there was a Jewish boy who used to be like the attendant of the Prophet ﷺ, and uh, somehow this man who did the cursing his name is uh, Labid 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 his name is Labid Ibn Asam and uh, he's the one who gets the boy to get him his comb. And um, one thing that we should know from this, as the commentary goes on to say, is that uh, people are surprised that the Prophet ﷺ was affected by black magic. But um, like the story tells us, black magic is very real and very powerful, and it can affect all creations of Allah SWT. Uh, <clears throat> so because it's so potent and because it's so dangerous, uh, we need protection from it and of course we seek that protection from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, that's where this surah comes in from um, Surah Al-Falaq and Surah Al-Nas together are known as Mu'awwadatayn is that how am I pronouncing it? Mu'awwadatayn right? yeah. Mu'awwadatayn 
And um, these surahs offer protection against physical and spiritual afflictions. Um, the two diff difference between Surah Al-Falaq and Surah Al-Nas is that Surah Al-Falaq um, is protection, seeking protection in Allah, but from the worldly calamities. Whereas Surah Al-Nas is protection against the calamities of the hereafter. Um, and then the importance of these two surahs combined is that the Prophet ﷺ would recite these whenever, he said to recite these whenever you go to sleep or whenever you're waking up. And whenever he did recite these, he would also blow on his hands and um, spread it across his body so that he gets the benefit of these two surahs. Uh, let's see now. And uh, whenever he suffered from an ailment, he would also be reciting these surahs as well. Uh, let's see. So now some of the important words uh, and their meanings in Surah Al-Falaq. Uh, we have, let's start with the first word, Surah Al-Falaq. Falaq itself translates to break, so daybreak. And I think uh, the commentary says that it's important that you understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that causes the break of dawn. And this is important because usually evil things that happen are even more stronger and even more potent and probably even more frequent in the darkness of the night. So a means of us seeking relief from that is light and that break that you get from the darkness into the light is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ Falaq means break. And then مِن شَرِّ مَا خَلَقِ شَرْ means evil and that which causes evil. So there are two um, explanations as to how you can describe evil. The first one in this commentary it says that evil in itself is like pain, loss, injury, anything that brings you something negative. And then a second meaning of evil could be something that causes evil. So it could be a factor which causes evil. So, um, and like these factors could be like not having belief in Allah, um, committing sins. Um, these types of things bring forth evil. Uh, let's see what else. And um, this verse is, according to the commentary, sufficient to protect against evil. And let's see what else is said here. Uh, so this is the next verse. And غاسق is derived from غاسق. And um, غاسق, I mean غاسق means dark night. So again, we're going back to the evil. And وقب um, is derived from وقوب. And wuqub means to overspread completely and intensely. So uh, the commentary goes on to say that once again we're revisiting night and how it brings forth evil and how it's related to things that aren't necessarily good for us. Uh, the commentary talks about robbers and thieves uh, robbing at night. It talks about harmful insects and animals and reptiles that you know they kind of go into hiding during day. And of course black magic has its worst effect when it's the most dark. And as dawn approaches, the effects of black magic also seem to decrease. So again, um, it's important for us to seek refuge from the dark. Uh, and then next, ayah, yeah. And from the evil of the woman who blow on the knots. Nafathat um, is derived from naft, and that means to blow. The word uqad means knot. Um, 
uh, the magician. So basically, um, this is kind of going into the specifics of black magic, and one way they do it is by tying knots on a string or a piece of thread. And while they're doing this, they also read their incantations, and they blow on these knots. And when they do that, that's how they're able to uh, exercise whatever magic they are trying to exercise. Um, so the verse again translates to the evil souls who blow on knots. And um, I kind of I kind of found it interesting how it says like the women who blow on knots, but then the person who do, does this is described to be a Jewish man. Mm -hmm. But then once I read the commentary a little more, it says that the Jewish man would get his daughters to blow mm -hmm. the knots. So that was very like wow mm -hmm. that I that actually like captures reality as how it was. Um, and also the commentary goes on to say that women are more likely to kind of uh, in the past, well, at least historically speaking, women were the ones who would do some things like this. So mm -hmm. that's that's one thing. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, uh, hasad. Hasad is the next important word that was in this commentary. And hasad translates to jealousy. And, um, of course, the Prophet, وسلم, the commentary says, is that he was um, a reason for a lot of people to be jealous the hypocrites, Jews, um, people who worshipped idols, they all were jealous of the Islam's growth. Um, it was rapidly growing and there was a lot of sincerity within the followers. So I feel like they, I mean, they must have definitely felt some sort of uh, hate towards the Prophet and jealousy. And um, jealousy is actually, the commentary says, is like one of the worst, and it is the original sin as well, where Iblis was jealous of Adam and he chose to not do sajda to Adam. Mm -hmm. And um, this mistake was repeated again with Adam's uh, two sons, Habil and Qabil, mm -hmm. and um, where one was jealous of the other and killed him. So there's uh, jealousy is described to be in a state where you feel unhappy about someone and you feel unhappy to the point where you wish you could take away what someone else is enjoying. Mm -hmm. And um, in Islam, hasad is, or jealousy, is described to be a major sin. Um, so obviously it's something that we all should avoid. And um, what you could do um, instead of having hasad or jealousy is ghibta. Ghibta means to desire, like when you desire something for yourself without wishing that the other person who has that doesn't lose it. Um, so this is actually a virtue. It's something that you could do that's actually good instead of being jealous. Um, in the conclusion of the commentary, let's see. And there's total utter darkness. I think it goes back to just darkness itself. Mm. And um, it says that we should seek refuge from it. And that's pretty much it. That's what I had. Okay, very good, mashallah. So... <clears throat> to add a few points of dimension, um, everything you shared was very good, mashallah. And so, so the Prophet, peace be upon him, uh, one of the points you raised is the fact that he was hit with black magic. And for some people, that's, they can't imagine that because this is the Prophet, peace be upon him. Yeah. But as you're going through the whole story of the Prophet, peace be upon him, it's our sources that are saying that he got hit with black magic, and it's our sources that are also saying what the cure is and the prevention. Yeah. And so, so what we also see from the first wahi all the way until the end 
is the prophet, peace be upon him, is also being formed. Another example of that is that he has all these doubts about himself. And the Quran is saying, you are not a madman, you are not a poet, you're coming with the most noble message. And then what seems to happen is after he goes on the night journey, yeah. none of those eyes ever appear again. Because right. once he's gone on the night journey, there's no question. Right. right. And so likewise, at first, he was susceptible to, to black magic. Right. Even another story in our, in our narrations, which is hard for people to accept, is what is called the narration of the ayahs of the cranes, ayat al-gharanik, also known as the satanic verses, where there's this moment where he's reciting and shaitan quickly puts some fake ayahs on his, on his tongue. And then Jibreel comes and says, you recited something that I did not give you. And then, then that gets corrected and that gets blocked off as well. And so even with him, through the course of the 23 years, he's also getting more and more perfected uh, in terms of, of the prophethood or more uh, imperceptible, so to speak. And then another point to think about is <coughs> these sewers that begin, or these eyes that became an ul, we're getting a prescription, okay, say such and such. What's interesting is Surah Al-Falaq begins with ul, Surah Al-Nas begins with ul, Surah Al-Ikhlas begins with ul, Surah Al-Kafirun begins with ul, but Al-Fatiha does not begin with ul. Al-Fatiha is also something we're prescribed to say. Right. Now, why doesn't Al-Fatiha begin with ul? That's, this is what's been handed down to us. Because it's the first surah, maybe it's just understood. Right. And so, if you contrast, um, uh, are you do like Surah Al Nas next time or something? Maybe inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. Okay. So, if you contrast Surah Al Falaq with Surah Al Nas, like in in this part of the commentary, it says one relates to dunya, the one relates to akhirah. Right. So, Surah Al Falaq, what are you praying for protection from? The evil that people do. Right. Right. And so, uh, that is usually done in the darkness. Right. Yeah. Um, and another example is black magic, the blowing on knots. And another example is hasad. And, mm -hmm. and so what is the type of evil that's done in darkness? That's often like robbery and things like that. Right. And then the, in the realm of the unseen is black magic. Mm -hmm. And in the realm of people's hearts, it's hasad. And so think about this as three dimensions. One is right openly in dunya, stealing. Another one is in the unseen, black magic. And the other one's in people's hearts. Right. Um, this is um, envy or hasad. And uh, what's also uh, frightening um, is that, okay, this person who, who, who got hold of the comb with the hair of the prophet, peace be upon him, he put 11 knots. 11 is one of the numbers of black magic. Okay. And if you think about when you write 11, what is it? One and one. So that's shirk. Mm, see I what see. we're saying? Yeah. And wow. so, so there's a whole numerology to, to black magic as well. Okay. And so that fits in, in, in what we saw here. What's also interesting, is why it's important that this is a Jewish person that is doing this, is that in different traditions, almost all the big traditions have some sort of black magic in them. And so the closest to us would be the Jews. Yeah. And so they also have a lot of discourse on, on things like black magic. And so this is giving a hint that this is probably in Medina, even though I think uh, this is a Madani. Yeah, this is Muslim. Yeah. Even so. though it's so short, usually uh, short surahs are the Maki surahs, right? I have a question, actually. Yeah. Um, so I remember reading another narration where the Prophet ﷺ tells Ali to untie the knots, but in this one, I think the so, Prophet untied them. I, I even think he sends Ali down into the well okay. um, to even find it. Okay. And, and so the commentary in this makes it a little bit easier to find, like he has in the dream. 
that it's in the comb. Yeah. Uh, I think in other narrations, if I remember correctly, they had to go into the well okay. and find a hair. Right. And just try to even imagine that, a black hair in a well, which is already asking for the impossible. <laughs> right. But yeah, I do believe in, in some of the narrations, it's Ali, Allah knows best. Uh, another thing to think about is we often put jinns and black magic in the same realm. Think of those as being different dimensions. So when we think of the unseen, don't think of the unseen as one dimension. There's the dimensions of the angels. And even different angels might be in different dimensions. The jinn are in different dimensions. Black magic is a different dimension too. Okay. And what we see in Surah Al-Baqarah is if someone gets involved with black magic, they're literally giving up their akhirah. But why would someone be involved in stealing? Like, why do people steal? To gain benefit for themselves. Mm -hmm. But why not just work? It's the easy way out for some. So a lot of these evils are caused by impatience. Like, people don't want to follow the rules. Yeah. They want to do things their own ways. And so people will steal because they don't want to work. Okay. And likewise, that's how black magic often works. People don't want to have sabr and trust Allah. Right? Because Allah Ta'ala is saying, all right, you know, if you, if you have sabr, if you don't break the rules, then you're going to get whatever you want. Mm -hmm. People don't want to wait for that. And so then they engage in black magic. And hasad is the other element that, which, which he pointed out which is uh, jealousy. And hasad, I even think the commentary doesn't go as far as really describing how serious hasad is. So ghibta is, I want to have what he has. Hasad is, I'm unhappy you have this and I want you destroyed for it. That's hasad. That's, and so think about how powerful that is, but also think about how easy hasad is. That let's say you're admiring something of your friend and you have a great, close, loving relationship with your friend, but it could be for like a split second, it becomes hasad. Mm -hmm. And so anytime you hear anything good uh, about someone else, always say mashallah. Anytime you say anything good about yourself, always say mashallah, right? Mm -hmm. As a way to kill hasad. Okay. The big cure will be, of course, these, these two surahs, right. meaning black magic is not as strong, as strong as black magic is, it is not as strong as these two surahs. But the difference is that sometimes black magic is designed so it keeps hitting you and keeps hitting you. So you might have to keep reciting the surahs to, to uh, protect yourself. Okay. Uh, let me think if there's anything else. Oh, what is one evil that takes place in the daytime that's outside of the realm of this? Uh, it's oppression. Oppression. So this is the, the, this is the evil that happens in night, which is again, like we said, people who are impatient or want to make their own rules and then people who are driven by jealousy. Uh, other small points, which he drew attention to these, uh, a lot of words that begin with fa often speak of like the first or the split. So fajr, falak, oh. the uh, furqan is splitting things. Okay. This is a small, a small cool thing about how Arabic works. And so falak is literally like the first split, which we often translate as, as daybreak. Um, yeah, I think those are all the big points. Okay, yeah, you did very good, mashallah. And so the next time, yeah, if you're if, if you're up for it, do sort of nas, inshallah. Okay, inshallah. All right. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nasafiruka nitubilaik wa ahri da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.